Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And um, Nick, do you? It's it's Ravens week. Do you get excited by that? Or now that this is the fourth straight year they've played each other, are you kind of over it? I get excited when they win. If they can win decisively, I get really excited at that point. If they can decimate them worse than last year, then I then I'll be really excited. But otherwise, it's just a game. I just hope they win. I just I just hope they go out and win it and stay healthy. So um might interest you to know the last time the Chiefs lost to the Ravens. Uh, it was 2012, and uh, there were no touchdowns scored in that game. Um, they got beat nine to six. Um, I predict there will be more than 15 points scored in this game. Do you remember what happened in that game? Um, I was physically there in the stands with my brother and my sister-in-law. Do you remember uh, so, what happened oh, oh. in that game? Yeah, you you probably cried. No. <laughs> It was the game that Matt Castle got hurt and Brady Quinn came in. Oh. And Eric Winston had the rant afterwards in the locker room the next day um, that I, I was recording when I was at another station. And like he just went off, dude, about how it was sickening and the fans were sickening. And then Chiefs fans turned on him after that one. And then, uh, and then like ESPN called me and they're like, hey, we'd really like to get that Eric Winston sound. And I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when that one uh, started blooming. Started blowing right. across the country. It was before things. It was before like Twitter was like in full swing. Like you know, what I'm saying Twitter wasn't what it is now. Social media wasn't what it is now. Like it would have in today's era, that thing would have been up in two hours, and it just would have been everywhere, just yeah. everywhere. But now he, uh, Eric Winston, ran it for two minutes there. Man, he went he went off, and and it was a uh, it was a thing. It happened. And if I if I remember correctly, like there was some confusion about whether fans were actually cheering the fact that he was injured or something else going on in the stadium. No, what I can tell you from eyewitness accounts, um, basically people saw Brady Quinn coming in. So they started cheering because at that point, yeah. like Matt Castle was done and people didn't realize he was out with a concussion or he's laying on the ground with a concussion. They just saw Brady Quinn warming up. So people like, Oh, they're finally doing it. Finally bring in Brady right. Quinn, and then people found out they're like, oh, it's because other quarterback has a concussion. So right. I, it, it, wasn't, was, it wasn't people cheering the entire time. It wasn't wasn't like the Coliseum of gladiators, like Eric Weston tried to make it sound like it was. Uh I guess shockingly, that was his last year with the Chiefs. <laughs> right. <laughs> um were were you entertained though? That's what I want to know. That's not, were, were you not entertained? I Todd, like that. Why would you say things like that? I it was a I I because the Chiefs games I've been to in the regular season in the stands um, was the 04 or 05 Chiefs Dolphins game, like whenever Jason Taylor is still the defensive end there and Trent and, the, and Dante and Tony just watching the Chiefs offensive line how precise they were. Yeah, that was 04. Oh my gosh, was that or no? It was 03. Excuse me, it was the 03 season I think. I don't know, but it was sometime whenever I was in high school because I was playing football back then. And like I was just marveling at watching them work out there in the field and how precise their routes were, the timing of it all. And the Chiefs won that game like 55 to 20 something or 55 to 30. Like it was a 20 point spread in the game. So it definitely, now that I think about it, it probably was the 03 game because Greg Robinson's defense was terrible that year. Yeah. So, but man, was it. 
Yeah, I've been to that one, and then the Chiefs uh, Ravens game in 2012, and then I physically shot on the field during a regular season game for Chiefs Giants in 2013. And that was a rare occurrence. I'm not on the field very much. Uh, whenever games are actually going on, they like me to be other places tweeting things. Yeah, I, I believe you were on the field for the. Uh... Uh, Colts playoff game a few years ago. Oh yeah, I try to <laughs> try to block that one out sometimes. That was that was, that was actually a fun game to be at. I mean, you made a very nice catch on the sideline. I did. Uh, I did catch that one with one handed with the camera uh, on my shoulder and the other one. Yeah, they didn't put me on Sports Center's top ten with that one. That was they would have today. They would have today if they you know if they had uh, uh, you know if they had if they had the social media that they do today. That that's another. It's just a missed opportunity for you. Yeah, it is a story of my life right there. Um, hey, so speaking of um, hilarious and awesome things, um, um, the end of that Ravens Raiders game on Monday, brother. Um, um, I, I'm not entirely, I'm still kind of in disbelief about the way things kind of uh, went, especially in overtime. But what's your, re- I mean, did that change your opinion of whether the Raiders are contenders in the AFC watching them struggle and ultimately fall apart in Las Vegas? Um, I'm curious to see what the Raiders do against the Steelers this week. My, like, like I'm telling you, week one can be such an anomaly for teams, but like, you know, where teams stand by the time from week four to week eight, you know, where teams stand and where they are at that point. So like the Packers getting blown out the way that they did, like I'm not, I'm not like oh my Super Bowl pick looks terrible now. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they keep playing that way, you get a little <laughs> bit more nervous. But I mean, it was against Jameis, so you know. Well, like I said, it's a Week One anomaly, man. So we'll we'll see where they end up at. But I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm hesitant to write anybody off or say anybody's just the greatest thing ever. But I will say. The Steelers' performance against the Bills was pretty dominant with their rush, so I'm yeah. curious to see if the Steelers can continue to build on that personally. And hey, uh, Packers still in first place in the NFC North, so <laughs> championship. <laughs> um, one thing though, like you know, look, Lamar Jackson did some 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 thing. I mean, you expect him to make a few highlight runs every week, um, and he did that uh, against the Raiders. But the rest of the run game, Latavius Murray, um, um, Tyson Williams, uh, mm-hmm. you look, they struggled to get things going. And part of that's because Charlie Villanueva was awful. Um, you Andrew, know, Andrew, yeah. Right now? Andrew Villanueva. Oh, sorry. sorry I, don't know where, I don't know where Charlie came from. The Charlie Villanueva? Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't believe Charlie's. Uh, he's, uh, that's that's awesome. He made it to. Live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, I mean, I apparently I just was an old like NBA fan, and I lost my mind for a second. Um, but look, I mean, they're, they're without J.K. Dobbins. You know, they let Mark Ingram go late last year. Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, also on the IR. Uh, we've we've kind of gotten used to the Ravens being able to bully teams at the run game. Are they capable of doing that this week? I think they're hoping they are, but I mean, they have the offensive line that can do it. It's just a matter of how the chiefs defensive line holds up overall and how, how much of a desire do the Ravens have to really try to pound the rock against the chiefs from a running back perspective. um, 
I really think they're going to – they just don't have – I mean, not having Gus Edwards with his with him being on IR and not having the speed of J.K. Dobbins, I think that takes away so much of their offense. And then also not having not having the receivers with uh, Bateman and, and uh, Boykin, I just – I think those are – I think that's going to be – that's going to cause them some problems. Don't get me wrong, they still have Marquise Brown, hopefully, depending on what happens with the injury report uh, on Friday and, and if he can play Sunday, but – the, the Ravens are beat up, man, because I know you and I looked it up before the before the show. 13 guys on IR right now. I mean, that's not, not ideal by any means. And so they got four players that are that are either limited or didn't practice. Well, they actually they have they have uh, five that didn't that didn't practice Thursday or Friday and another four that have been limited all week um, on the injury report, including Ronnie Stanley, um, who's the left tackle that. Uh, they signed to a mega deal, at, you know, and that's kind of what made Orlando Brown Jr. expendable. But he's he's been gimpy with an ankle this week. Uh, Marquise Brown is also dealing with an ankle injury. Then you got cornerback Chris Westry. You got Derek Wolf, the DN. Um, you know, and then you've got a couple other guys up and down. You know, Marlon Humphrey's been been limited with the back injury, and Jimmy Smith, another corner. Uh, you got another wide receiver in Devin Duvernay who's been dealing with a groin injury, was limited at practice. Thursday as well. So remains to be seen how many of those guys will wind up suiting up come Sunday, but um, the chiefs had everybody at practice on Thursday. So you got to feel like certainly from a health perspective, the chiefs are way ahead of the game compared to the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got, Will, they've got Willie gay on IR, but I mean, they're getting Tyron back. Frank Clark's been practicing all week. You think you'd, you'd think he's on track to play. Like they're in much better shape for this one. Yeah, for that part of it. And here's the other key thing. The Chiefs got to play at home, and they've been at home for the past, in terms of rest-wise, they've been at home for the past three weeks because they had the, actually maybe a month at this point because the from the time they left Arizona till they got back, like they've been at home the entire time. They haven't had to leave. Um, the Ravens, on the other hand, had to go almost completely across the country, technically to Vegas, so it's not completely West Coast. But flying that that far back and forth and having the injuries that they did and playing in overtime and stretching yourself past that point, like all those factors and playing on a short week on Monday night. And the, it's just it's the Ravens have a lot stacked against them on in the deck. And it'll I, I'm not saying that they can't win. I mean, anything is possible in the NFL, but I mean they gotta they got a lot of factors and trends going against them right now. Yeah. And history going against them too. I mean, the the Chiefs, you know. Patrick Mahomes has dominated these matchups um, against Lamar Jackson. Um, uh, oddly, though, I was looking up the stats. Like in the three games they played the last couple of years, um, Patrick Mahomes has thrown the only interception, um, and they have the same number of rushing touchdowns, which is one, which are not stats that I would have expected from that game. But this is one stat that I would have expected. Mahomes is 93 of 132 for 1,136 yards and nine touchdowns in those three games. Uh, Lamar Jackson is 50 for 85 for 511 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, one, one third, the number of touchdowns and less than half the number of passing yards in those games. He does have close to 200 yards rushing, but um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes has certainly played better than Lamar Jackson on balance in the three wins. Well, and on top of that, Patrick Mahomes in September just just crushes it, man. So I'm curious. To, I'm I'm curious to see how brave the Ravens are going to be in their blitzes, and are they going to be brave enough to do any cover zeros like they did against Derek Carr 
I like did it against Mahomes last year. My guess is no, but I'm curious to see if they're gonna if they're gonna try that bravery or not. Well, if they watch the tape against Cleveland, um, you know, Cleveland tried to throw a wrinkle in on their cover zero and it ended up being a 75 yard dagger of a touchdown that left the Chiefs back in the game against uh, uh you know last weekend. So th- that might if I'm the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, I- I'm probably uh if you're Wink Martindale. I'm, I'm, I may be pulling <laughs> points or uh, limiting my use of such coverages this week, but I'm telling you, wink, Mark and Mark, wink Martindale, like that's his thing, man. That's his calling card. He's like, yeah. uh, like the wet bandits, like to, you know, fill the, fill the sinks with socks and turn the water on and home alone. Wink Martindale likes to blitz people. He likes to bring blitz Craigs. That's what he does, man. So I'm oh, curious it, to see if he's going to, if he's going to make that mistake again, and be down 35 <laughs> like he was on Monday Night Football, or if uh, or if they're gonna play back like the Bucks and the and the Browns and keep safeties 20 yards back and two and two man or what they're gonna do. My my gut says he's gonna he's gonna blitz and try to test that new offensive line early. Yeah, uh, and especially uh, I think they're gonna have an idea of how they want to attack Orlando Brown Jr. So I would expect them to. Um, um, to come at him, uh, but you've also got, you know, you got a first year player on the other side at Lucas Niang. So, um, you know, it remains to be seen, you know, but that offensive line, I mean, how, how does this test going up against Baltimore and their front seven compare to the test that we saw against Cleveland's front seven, which has a great defensive front or defensive line there. Uh, maybe not as good a linebackers as what you're going to see against, uh, against the Ravens here, but, um, what do you, I mean, can you compare and contrast those two and, and what, what are you going to be looking for from this offensive line in terms of um, progress you'd like to see this week? Well, they're going to face a team that's much faster at the linebacker position, much more lightning quick in the secondary too, if they blitz um, defensive line is a little bit older for the most part. When you got Calais Campbell and you got Derek Wolf out there, they're veterans and Justin Houston, Houston looked pretty good in his rushes that he did have. And he looked like he found the fountain youth for a little bit, but I know he wasn't out there the entire game for every single snap. So in a, in a, in a pitch count, he's not too bad. Same for Campbell and Wolf. So they have, they have a solid rotation in terms of their defensive line. And Brandon Williams is just, he's just a stout defensive tackle. So it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens, like how much they, because they, they run so much of like the Rex Ryan style, and Spagnolo runs it too from time to time where you just you just fill all the gaps in between the defensive line. You just fill all the gaps outside it, and then you drop half of them into coverage. Don't know who it's going to be, but you just do it. So, I mean, I think that's going to be interesting for the, uh, for the interior offensive line to take when they do it that way. I'm curious to see how the tackles do with some of the potential overloads if they bring that off the edge or they bring a, a corner blitz off the edge or a, a nickel blitz off, blitz off the edge or a delayed safety blitz or how they handle all that. But I think there's going to be opportunities where, like you said, Wink Martindale is going to test the Chiefs offensive line and they're going to see how they do against the blitz. And if they're able to recognize it correctly or adjust accordingly when the player doesn't blitz and they have to rotate somewhere else. Yeah. And look, the chiefs gave up plenty of pressure, right? Against the Browns. But, but I mean, miles Garrett, um, he he's one of the best defensive ends in, in the, in the NFL. So yeah, um, 
But again, the Chiefs are facing another banged up secondary, um, just like the Browns had a lot of injuries coming into that game. And, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, as long as those guys are healthy, you got to feel like the Chiefs have an advantage um, in the passing game. Tyreek did. He is listed as, as, um, you know, with a toe injury this week. Is that something that worries you moving forward, seeing him pop up on the injury report so early in the season? Um, I'll, I'll just be curious to see how it, how he plays out there and how it moves along as the season goes on. Because like, I know he'd had heel pop up a handful of times over the past couple of years. And this is the first time the toes popped up. And I know he had some knee tendonitis earlier this year, but I mean, Tyreek's kind of at the age where I hate to say, but this type of stuff's going to be on a regular basis just because of the wear and tear on his body and how fast he is and how, how dominant of a, of a, of a speed receiver he is. So this is where, I mean, if you're looking at the roster long-term during the off seasons, where you're going to have to start trying to find his replacement, don't get me wrong. You want to give him a new extension, but you want to start grooming his heir apparent in case he starts breaking down and having issues over the next three to four years. But I mean, Tyreek's still one of the best receivers in the league when he's healthy. So, I mean, you, you know, I'm not saying you just, you know, you're like, Hey, we're going to move on. No, you don't, you know, you're not doing that, but this is part of the time where they're going to have to start looking at long-term plans to be able to potentially replace someone with similar speed three to four years from, uh, from this upcoming off season. You don't think it's McCall Hartman jr. So yeah, no, they're definitely have to look for a replacement (laughs) that isn't on the roster. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did want to ask, so you got a couple, I mean, look, Marcus Peters, um, is on IR done for the season uh, yeah, that's, with that's, with with the ACL? That's gonna be a bummer because they could have run a lot of like the first thing when I saw that I was like, oh man, that's a bummer because like McColl could have ran some double moves on him again this year and been yeah. able to been able to score a couple touchdowns off of him because he was gonna bite on the underneath routes. And then everybody be up in your mentions, right? But uh, Le'Veon Bell also on that team. Another. Why would they team? be up in my mentions? <laughs> I don't know, Nick. Um, but Le'Veon Bell also on that team. Who knows whether he'll be active for the game? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it. Sounds like Freeman's the right. one that they elected to bring up earlier on Thursday. So I don't think it'll be Bell. And I don't. I don't. Part of me wonders too. Like you see some of the teams and some of the magical transactions that they make, and they make them a couple weeks before they're going to play a team. What did the did the Chargers pick up a practice squad player who was cut by the Chiefs recently or anything? Yeah, they did that too. But then, you know, magically, magically the the Ravens go and pick up Le'Veon Bell and Khalil McKenzie a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, guys. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure you can be like, uh, oh, and then they got Tommy Townsend's brother Johnny Townsend, still who was technically with the team last year on the practice squad, if I remember correctly. So it'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I wanted to ask you about a couple other former chiefs that you mentioned Justin Houston earlier. Yeah. Sammy Watkins had a nice game, made some plays. Patrick was asked about him and, you know, look, he said, he said, yeah, when he's healthy, the guy's a beast and he didn't say it in a derogatory way, right. but uh, Patrick didn't, but I'm sure a lot of fans, their, their first reaction was yeah. And he was almost never healthy, which is why he's not in Kansas city anymore. Um, if he had stayed healthy, I think he'd still be on the roster, but which, which of those two chiefs that are going to play former chiefs that are, are going to play a significant role for the Ravens, 
makes a bigger impact, do you think? Justin Houston or Sammy Watkins on Sunday? Sammy's going to try to make a bigger impact. Might hurt himself doing it. (laughs) Um, But Justin's a guy that can actually bring a little heat up against Niang. So Justin, I mean, you got to remember when he played with the Colts a couple of years ago, he made the big stop there at the end that made the Chiefs lose the game. I mean, Justin's motivated to, when he goes against the Chiefs, he's still got that chip on his shoulder. I don't, I mean, I I get why to a certain extent, but I'm also kind of like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but I'm like, you also weren't like, you weren't exactly a a favorite in the locker room. So, I mean, it is what it is. All right. So, uh, um, look, five wins in a row against a non-conference, but it doesn't happen very often in the NFL. Do you think the Chiefs, uh, who've won four straight um, in this series with Baltimore, do they get it done? Do they make it five in a row in a game that you can see on KSHB 41 at 7 o'clock Sunday night? Yeah, no, I mean, I think they should. I'm going to be a little bit concerned if they don't. And if they don't, I'm going to be concerned what injuries happened in that game that kept right. it from being that way. But, no, I mean, they the Chiefs have all the things that they need, and they have the health on their side right now, knock on wood, um, to be able to to win that game by a comfortable margin. So I, I'm hoping that that's what ends up happening. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out, but I mean, Lamar hasn't shown me anything extraordinary that I'm like, wow, he really, he really took that next step this, you know, this off season. And he really became that guy. It, it was a little puzzling to me. I, I love Lewis Riddick's commentary. I think it was a smart addition uh, on Monday night football. But he and Brian Greasy during that game against the Raiders on on Monday were talking about like how much better of a of a pocket presence Lamar Jackson had, and 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 I was watching like he you know he'd try to push the ball to the boundary you know, even on even on just swing passes or passes into the flats, and I wasn't seeing it. I mean he, I think he took a jump from from year one to year two, uh, but I I I didn't see a guy and, and went oh dang. Like Lamar Jackson looks like a vastly improved pocket passer this year. When I was watching that game, I just didn't see it. Um, from watching that game, it uh, like you said, he was high on some of the flats passes. Those those weren't out. Those weren't leading the running backs the way they should have. And he's still he's still very miss. I'm not even going to call it hit. He's still very miss outside the numbers. Like it's still a struggle for him outside the numbers to be able to put the ball in the right spot and have the the good zip on it. But I mean, upfield sometimes, as long as he's not pressured and he can set his feet and, and torque into the throw. I mean, he's not, he has, he has a good ball um, on some of the deep routes, but it just, they're normally overthrown by a handful of steps. So look, I mean, at the end of the day, it still comes down to his legs. Like that, that's what kind of, that's what's making that offense go for the most part of him running play action and having somebody open between the numbers. So, I mean, if you flood that, you're going to take that away. And if you do contain and bring a delayed blitz off one side or you only bring five total or you have a spy for them, either or what you do on that, like you're doing one of those like that, you're, you're going to be in a good spot against him and against that overall offense. But, yeah, I mean, there's, they're really, really – they're really banged up and they're, they're missing a lot of pieces on that offense that they had last year and still got blown out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think the chiefs, they should win this one. Uh, I will say this though. Look, we know, I, I think the crowded arrowhead, the full capacity crowd made a difference in the second half. 
of that game. Um, and in, in the three previous matchups, when, when the Mahomes led chiefs and the Jackson led Ravens have faced off the first two of those games were at Arrowhead last year was in Baltimore, but there were no fans in the stands. Do you think this being the first game where Baltimore has fans back since the 2019 season can provide like that emotional lift or, or in, in I guess in what way does it make it more of a challenge for the Chiefs who didn't really face, um, you know, a, a, a road game where the, where crowd the crowd was a factor other than the Super Bowl last year? Well, it, it'll cause some hiccups for the offensive line potentially on some of their calls and against blitzes. That could be where they could have some problems. But I mean, if the Chiefs get out to an early lead and they kind of put their foot on the accelerator like you'll take the crowd out of it pretty quick it's a big if though um you know i mean the the chiefs have not you know it, it's going back to last year they, they've had a lot of games lately where where they don't get off to those those race car starts that, that we had become accustomed to the first uh you know year and a half uh or so uh, under you know i guess first two years under patrick um all right so uh got a prediction for this one um, and you can't say 77 to nothing because you already know that's going to be my, my guess. I was never going to say that. <laughs> I've never, ever said that. I mean, I could see it being like a, a 40, I'm going to go 40, 42, 24 chiefs. I could see it being that if the chiefs execute at the level they're capable of. And if they kind of have some issues and some hiccups along the way, I could, I could, I could easily see that being a 30, 31, 28 game. If the, if the run game, or I mean, the run defense doesn't tighten up in some spots. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I was thinking thirty-eight twenty-seven, and and they they put one in late. Like it's not a particularly close game, but they put one in late to you know make it for cosmetic purposes. So I think all of that is possible, Tom. But having said that, the Chiefs have not been great against the spread, so uh, you know it may maybe you know maybe thirty-one twenty-eight is the way to go. But oh, don't, so, man. you just remind me, I go buy some lottery tickets. So. I was going to say, don't do not take any gambling advice from me. Uh, I don't gamble. I don't even pay attention to the lines. I'm terrible. I, 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 I am not the person to come to for gambling advice. So then you probably shouldn't have said anything, Todd. Uh, no, I, I, that's right. I'm letting people know. I'm letting people, people think know. you're an expert at everything. Uh, I don't, I do. I do not believe that that is true. I mean, I am except at gambling, but I don't believe that that is true. I mean, I don't, I don't personally believe it, but I'm sure somebody does. <laughs> uh, you should talk to my seven-year-old. He thinks I'm, you know, the best. He thinks I'm the strongest man in the world. I'm not going to take that away from Colin. Okay, <laughs> not going to take that image away from his, from, from your son. Be like, hey, you want to know the truth about your dad? You're Superman. I'm going to give you some kryptonite right now, buddy. Yeah. I'm not going to do he's, that to him. He's a weak man and doesn't know anything about gambling, sir. <laughs> So you're going to play this podcast for Colin this weekend? So you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll play it for him when he graduates high school. Um, all right. Anything else you want to add about this game? Um, I just, I just really want to see the chiefs execute at a different level than they did last week. That's what I'm really kind of hoping for. I want to see the offensive line get going in a better way with the run game. I want to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire look a heck of a lot better than what he did and finding some of the cutbacks and finding some of the holes. I want to see the offensive line, Really be able to do a good job. I want to see Orlando Brown and Yang be able to hold their own against the edge and keep Patrick Mahomes, the franchise, safe. Those are kind of big things. I just, I just want to see those parts of it. And I, I want to see a much better uh I want to see a much better run defense 
overall. <clears throat> now, part of the problem with the Chiefs' run defense that they had was Bill Callahan is just an awesome coach and an awesome schemer. Like, if Bill Callahan was here doing some of the scheme stuff that he did for the Browns, like, this Chiefs' offensive line would have decimated some some of those Browns defenders. So, I mean, that's just this is, but that's what you pay for when you get people like Bill Callahan. They just, they just, they're so smart with how they scheme some things up and just how creative they are. So, um, I think that was more of a testament to Bill Callahan and his ability to do what he does and be able to create false reads that suck the defense in and then be able to seal them off or be able to block them and predict what they're going to do. So, I think that was a part of it. I'm curious to see if the, if Greg Roman, uh, the offensive corner, if he can do some of that type of stuff. And I mean, I'm curious to see if the Chiefs can be able to get some pressure on Lamar and rattle him. Cause I will say, once he gets sacked a couple times, he, uh, he doesn't keep his eyes downfield as much as he did beforehand. So it'll, uh, there's a chance, they, there's a chance for them to rattle him. There's a chance for the Chiefs to really kind of come away with a, with a good win. But above all else, I, I'm hoping to see a really healthy Tyron Matthew out there and what he can bring to the defense. And we'll see if Frank Clark can look like the Frank Clark of old when they traded for him or not. Yeah. And that's a good point about the sacks because uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that, that Jackson was 50 of 85, but he's also been sacked nine times. So in the last three years against the chiefs, he's been sacked about once every 10 dropbacks. And I think that has been a huge reason for why he has has then started to struggle in those games and loses accuracy even a little bit more is because he starts to feel that pressure, expect that pressure, um, and I think it rattles him. I mean, you know, they had four sacks last year, and, and and that was probably the worst game that Lamar has played in those three against the Chiefs. So, and then, like you said, man, you can catch all the action on uh, KSHP forty one if you're in town. We're gonna have uh, the Chiefs pregame show at five o'clock, produced by yours truly. Um, and that'll, that'll be from five to six and it turns over to football night in America. Then the chiefs Ravens right afterwards. And then got a post game coming up afterwards and Sunday sound off and Grant Bensinger will be on there as well. He's got, he's got a, he's got a really good show coming up. I, uh, I was impressed with the guests he's got, but I'm not going to ruin it. Cause I don't know if they want people to know yet, but I mean, it's a, it's a really good lineup that night for, uh, KSHB 41. So, I mean, all I'm saying is turn it to our, turn it to the station at before five, lose your remote at that point, and then just watch it till midnight. Should should people turn on all their TV boxes? Um, or, or technically, just, or, it doesn't. It doesn't. Or just count. the one in the house is all that matters, right? I think it, 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 those are complicated ratings things that I don't want to get into. But I wish every single TV counted. <laughs> Especially if you're if you're twenty to forty nine, definitely be sure. <laughs> that's that's um that's a rant I, I would love to get into someday. I don't know if we're able to get into it, but just how how uh, the reality of what ratings actually are versus what their projections are. Yeah, that that's its own. Like it, it's just weird because like if you take it from an NFL perspective, um, this is what's always bothered me with the with the way people consume. TV now, like they consume it from their, you know, people consume it from their phones. They stream it. They do. They watch it on Roku, YouTube TV, Hulu Live, you know, maybe Sling TV or whatever. Um, and so I just don't, I don't feel like TV's ever gotten a true, um, especially now since it's so fragmented about how people watch it. I just don't feel like uh, stations and, and TVs get the accurate depiction of what of the true audience that they have, but I'm, I'm hoping there's a way. I mean, 
Here, here's the thing, and I'm, this is this is a rant I probably shouldn't be making, but Todd put me down this rabbit hole. I blame Todd for this. But in this era where we have cell phones and all this stuff that can track track our movements, how do we not have something that allows us to track more of uh, people, what they watch and their viewing habits and have more accurate ratings on things? That, that just always confused me. Uh, I, I, think, I think somebody probably does, and it's probably you know whoever owns Facebook and YouTube. Um, <laughs> I just don't know if they share that information with us. Todd, I feel like we have a business venture we need to look into. <laughs> We've got many business ventures to look into. Yeah, dude. Somebody um, wants me to get a t-shirt made that says hashtag Jacobs Cares, and they told me they would wear it tonight in the newsroom. Oh, I, told them, I told them they're a liar, but I want to believe them. Would you well, buy a hashtag Jacobs Cares t-shirt? That is, our would, keyword for, that is our keyword for the night, people. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag Jacobs Cares. <laughs> I if you win the lottery and tell me I have to, um, then yes, I would, I would, uh, I would absolutely wear a hashtag Jacobs Cares t-shirt. I would even get one for my son. Just for one of them, not both of them. Well, I mean, you know, let's face it. One of one of them is not your favorite because he throws blankets at you. So <laughs> I still like him. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I said he's not your favorite though. So, I don't. I don't play favorites with your kids, Todd. I don't. I don't know if Jacobs I like them both care. equally. I don't know if Jacobs does care when it comes to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you didn't invite him to. You didn't invite him to lunch with Therese and I. That's, That's not right. on us. That's on That's you. Right. Yeah. Well, he was also in diapers. So, um, but no, uh, good times. All right. Well, I, I got nothing else. I, I think I've I've led you astray as much as I can. For, for this week you're like a terrible influence on me i will th- i will try to do even worse in the middle of the night sunday after the game when you and i are both dog cussing like um the the wait well i will be because i've got to work monday so like i'm gonna be like dog cussing whatever time it is that we finally are able to do the podcast over you know monday morning before uh just counting down the minutes until i have to wake back up and go back to work yeah i got monday off and i gotta go to my niece's practice so so uh, right on. So I'll I'll do to you what you do to me, and I'll make the podcast the whole forty minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, I do, and then, uh, and then make you was, have to edit it. <laughs> if if the Chiefs lose, we're just going to do nothing but a, a rehash of your of your niece's uh, you know latest exploits as she develops into a cornerback. Dude, I'm telling you, man, we got. She almost had those three interceptions the other night against the best receiver on her team. She worked on the keys that we talked about. She learned how to read the keys of the receiver if they're uh, depending on how they come out of their stance and watching their hands and when they adjust back for the football and all that type of stuff so she didn't turn her head and get lost until she starts to see his hands go up for the catch and she turns around tracks the ball and tries to catch it or deflect it man i'm really proud of her she uh like i told you before man she's really really smart dude i only have to teach her something once and and she she picks it up immediately i don't know that kid that kid's like a like an einstein See, and meanwhile, I work on blanket placement with my kid, like like how to make sure that he hits people in the face with it. So if we ever get your niece and my son together, we can see, you know, which one of us is better at teaching football, whether my my kid's blanket placement can beat your your niece's coverage skills. What, how does blanket placement have to do with football? Well, because he throws the blanket like a football. So, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to put it on a spot, which is usually your nose. <laughs> well, Don... <clears throat> It feels like this is my exit here. Uh, All right. I'm going to get off on this off ramp right now. All right. 
Well, if that's the case, then take care, kids. Thank you.